I'm in the London Underground, first thing in the morning. It's a little bit gusty going up the escalator, but only for a moment. Excuse me. I make a podcast where I ask people where they're going. So her house. Oh, nice. You look very tanned compared yeah, to the rest of the pale people on the tube. <laughs> I was in Sydney for five weeks. So nice, doing what? My brother lives there, so Who? visiting and relaxing. And now Monday morning, so her house is not too shabby. My friends are member there, my best friends, so they're having late breakfast. What do you do that allows you to go to Sydney for five weeks in the winter? I'm an engineer. Okay. That wasn't what I thought you were going to say. Sorry? That wasn't what I thought you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, I know. I'm deceptive <laughs> like that. <laughs> you don't look like... I mean, if engineers look like people, you don't look like an engineer. I know. I'm a, a marine engineer, so... Yachts, specialised in super yachts. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I'm based in Chelsea Harbour. Um, Workshop-based. I used to travel a lot. Dubai, Sydney, Barcelona, Parma... I've got two kids, so I'm based in London now. I travel a little bit if, if I want, but generally it's workshop-based now. It's quite a glamorous life you've had. Yeah, at times. It's not as glamorous as people think, <laughs> I promise you. What's the people richest... think that I own a yacht because I, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> because I work with them, but no. <laughs> um, what's the fanciest yacht? Oh, let's just get my card. Yeah, what's the biggest or fanciest yacht you've ever worked on? Uh, Jeff Bezos in Sardinia. No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you meet him? Yeah. What's he like? Uh, he's cool. Quite reserved, but I was actually working for like a Russian family and their yacht was moored next to his and they heard about what I do. Because I specialise in like anchors, to get a lot of anchor problems on uh, yachts. So. What, what sort of anchor problems? Um, they just malfunction. There's safety switches on. That mal- it's a lot of malfunctioning. A lot of inexperienced deckhands that don't know how to lower it properly, so the safety mechanism kicks in and it blows up, causes problems, gets stuck on the bed if you don't drop it properly, and it drags. So I dive under the boat. And, you dive as well. Yeah. So, so back to Jeff Bezos and the Russian. <laughs> you must feel like you brush up against some quite powerful. Uh, definitely, yeah. It's all Russian billionaires, and not so much at the moment. They're all kind of in hiding. Uh, that's why I left Sardinia because it just obviously with with a lot of them, yeah. With Ukraine, it all just kicked off and they just disappeared. So they're into a, some dodgy stuff, but I can't really say any more than that. And what, <laughs> what is your impression? Like they're into some dodgy stuff, but what? What do they make you feel? They're all right. I mean, I don't know. Like this Russian family I was working for, like the dad was having lunch with Putin every three days, flying back and forth. And, and he was like very cool. He would tell me, he wouldn't tell me obviously the details, but I just met Putin yesterday for lunch. And you're just like, what are you into? I mean, their place in Sardinia, I mean, you had like snipers on the roof, 12 armed guards with like heavy machine guns walking around but I mean I became very close to them it didn't doesn't phase me I just like they do what they do and I don't care and I guess in the role that you're doing mending anchors and diving and fixing sometimes people might not notice you if that makes sense you're just kind of there they don't remember you can hear and see yeah yeah but it's a, it's a trust thing you wouldn't get the job if they didn't trust you so you go through quite a 
heavy interview process and you go for lunches and breakfasts with them so they can suss you out and I mean yeah and in the back of my mind it's like if, you know if I don't create the trust I get shot <laughs> do you really feel like I guess if there's snipers around that's not a stupid thing to think look they could easily make me disappear put it that way for sure I've kind of made my stomach turn to water <laughs> A little bit. And then you just get off the plane and you come back and you've got kids and you do normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a certain, made a certain way. I don't know, I've been through quite a lot of trauma and stuff in my life, so it does harden you to... And after the pandemic, it's like I'm very much live for every day. I'm not really bothered. What do you mean trauma, if you don't mind me asking? Well, my business, it's dangerous. People don't realise how dangerous it is. I've had a couple of friends killed on the job which I witnessed two feet away. Diving? Diving? Yeah, on deck, on deck, like with the safety cord that holds the anchor, it's basically chopped him in half. Can't really go into too much detail, but yeah. I'm so sorry, yeah, that yeah. must be... So that was traumatic. Three years of therapy. I mean, I still see him every night when I close my eyes, but you just learn to live with it. It's part of the job. You know what you're getting yourself in for. And if you want to specialise in certain areas have to kind of be prepared for that stuff so. So it's kind of high risk high reward high emotion yeah yeah good money yeah can't lie about that <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you could call it blood money <laughs> no i'm joking i had to do a lot to get there so the the, the money is is good yeah how did you get into it? Is this your world? Like, you knew people who had yachts? And... I was always into boats as a kid. My uncle had a yacht in Tahiti, because my um, mum's my French, so... And I used to go oyster diving in the summer with him, so he was an oyster diver. And at ten years old, I started learning to oyster dive with him, and he just taught me all about boats and yachts, and got an obsession for it. I used to play football, so that was what I used to do. But I was always the guy in the change room in the corner with my little yacht book and all my boat books and the geek in the corner and then I just thought you know what I don't care what I do I just want to be around water and yachts and boats and try and get into that industry everyone called me crazy laughed at me my own family and friends but it just fueled the fire because I knew more than more about yachts than people did that have the degrees and all the masters because I learned firsthand but just to get in you still need the piece of paper so I had to do a master's in marine engineering and I did the four-year master's in 18 months so yeah you really wanted it as a big fu to everyone so I just seven days a week 16 hours a day I just got my head down I was just I get like that so I was just telling I got it got my foot in the door through my friend who was in the industry and then started off in the south of France you just got to basically walk along uh, where the yachts are moored, go on board, talk to the captain, try and get any kind of job. If they like you, if there's something, you'll get like a deckhand or something like that, and just, just get in from there. So when you've arrived in the south of France and, you know, the water's kind of lapping at the edge of the harbour, did you just think, yes? Yeah, yeah, felt at home. I speak French, I speak Italian. Um, I was sporty. I knew I had an edge over the others, you know. And when you want something, you just get the confidence. And found a captain, and they were like, yeah, come on board. You can be an assistant to the head engineer straight away. And after four months, I had his job. Wow. Yeah, he wasn't too happy, but 
it's, it's word of mouth and it's word of mouth and then Shell approached me the rest is history so as you were talking you unzipped your jacket and I noticed your tattoos are they significant oh, yeah, to what I've, we've been talking I've about a lot. <laughs> life 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 tattoos they all mean something so they're all uh, but the crown on your neck what does that mean that was when my friend died so it's cheesy but I was in a bad way I mean I witnessed it two feet in front of me and I, I, all I could think of was my fault it was my fault because I could have warned him but it happened in a split second but it felt like five minutes it was all in slow motion so my brain is thinking you should have said something shouted so he could move but it was like blink of an eye and he was gone you know and just someone said to me look you're a good guy and just straighten your crown and carry on you know so it was like it was an incident in my life that tipped my crown to so to speak and I'm quite spontaneous so I was like I like that it makes me feel good so I got it you know they're all like that they're I think that's what tattoos are for really isn't yeah. it yeah they're for me if people don't like them I don't care you know people don't know what people have been through to, to kind of judge a bit of ink on someone's body you know so. which is funny because when I saw you on the train I wasn't imagining one millionth of what I know. you just told me. it kind of makes what I do even sweeter because people literally look at the outside and think I don't know what, what you thought what did you think I would I thought you were like a I don't know like a model Personal party trainer or something like a party boy yeah. kind of <laughs> You've got white teeth, you've got I, like, I was I looking at your hair, I was looking at your tan, thinking... I don't drink. Okay. So. Take me back just very quickly and then you'll have to go and I have to go. Yeah, you need yeah. breakfast, I need to go to work. But um, to Tahiti and oyster diving, yeah. the first time that you were taught how to sort of be in control of yourself in the water and kind of be safe and what was that like? It just felt natural. I mean, I was 10 years old, so I was the youngest oyster diver on the island. So we're in London, we're surrounded by buses and roads. You've just come back from Sydney, but how long can you last before you need to be near the salt water again? About five minutes. <laughs> I was already on my phone on the tube, like, looking, yeah, yeah. I've been offered some work in Dubai soon, so I might go and do that. But I, I've got two boys, I really haven't seen them in a few weeks, so it's, like, it's, it's brutal. I don't want to travel anymore, but sometimes I feel like it is what I do, and... They're almost old enough now they'll be able to come with me and stuff, so... Yeah. But for the time being, yeah, I'm just um, just staying in London and catching other people. Trying yeah. not to dry out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling dry already. <laughs> Thanks for talking. This is great. Thank you. Bye. edition of Where Are You Going was recorded by me, Catherine Carr, in central London. It's produced by the team at Loftus Media, with music by Edwin Pearson. Please do share it with your friends. We love making these, because when you stop and ask, you just never know.